0: Welcome to Stories from the Heartland, a podcast that shares the stories of older folks from the often mythologized middle of the country to challenge misconceptions and expand understanding of the Midwestern past. We want to know, did the good old days really exist? What was it like to live through the loss of family farms and the disappearance of reliable factory work? And who was left out when we think of past decades in the Midwest as belonging to hard-working white people and their traditional nuclear family? Through a series of nine episodes, we'll rediscover the Heartland through the remembered experiences of real Midwesterners. I'm Evan, and I'll be your host for this episode of Stories from the Heartland. In the Midwest of years past, many bought into the ideal of the American Dream, the idea that in the United States, if you worked hard, you can make it. The American Dream wasn't limited to only those living in the United States. People outside of the country who are looking for greater opportunity also sought the promise of the American dream. For this episode of Stories from the Heartland, we interviewed Amy Henkin, originally Amy Escalante, who was born and raised in Manila, Philippines, until her father decided to move her and her siblings to the United States. When we asked Amy about her father's perceptions of the American dream, she recalled that...
1: He believed in the American dream. You know, he he's a merchant marine, so he has been traveling and and going to different places, but he, he thought America would be, would be ideal to, to raise the children and give them a better future.
0: This idealistic version of America was passed down to Amy and her siblings from her father. Not only did they learn that coming to America led to opportunities for success, but they also learned that success meant making money.
1: We always make that as a joke that the money trees and grow, uh, you know, they just grows on trees, and the roads are paving gold. You know, it's just, you know, because people that come to America, and it's really bad too, because people that do make it here in America, they send money to the Philippines to support their families.
0: What wasn't communicated to people in Amy's Filipino community was the reality of life for some relatives who had recently immigrated to the United States. The cost of daily living, house mortgages, the price of cars, the work put into making enough money to live and send money home, among other hardships. Amy explained that the relatives who were still in the Philippines didn't understand the challenges facing immigrants in the United States.
1: I see like, you know, you send a picture of them, your house, your apartment, and you send a picture of the car. So there's that that misunderstanding or like never like explaining it to the relatives that
0: Those still in the Philippines thought that Americans lived an ideal life, one full of riches and the American dream. Hardships and the prejudices that immigrants faced weren't widely recognized, so Amy held on to the American ideal as she grew up in the Philippines. Upon arriving in the United States, Amy learned a lot more about the harsh reality of life as an immigrant chasing the American dream when she faced teasing in school, a feeling of displacement, and the need to assimilate into American culture. Amy moved from the Philippines to a Chicago suburb, Glendale Heights, in 1979, when she was only 11 years old. Her father, Thomas Escalante, had already relocated to the area with her oldest brother, Arnold, and her stepmother. There, he worked to establish a life for the rest of his children, Amy and her two sisters, for when they would move in 1979, and later, Amy's younger brother, Alden, who would arrive in the early 1980s. While Thomas was living with his oldest son and his wife and her two daughters in the United States, Alden and Amy resided with their deceased mother's family and her two older sisters were living with the other aunts and grandmother in Manila. To reunite his family, Thomas first brought Amy to Manila to live with her two older sisters. He then moved to Chicagoland to join their family who had already settled there. When Amy got to the United States, she was happy to be reunited with her older brother, her father, and her stepmother, but she had mixed emotions about the wider Midwestern community of Glendale Heights.
1: Like a family that's together because We were kind of separated before, so that was exciting. And then, you know, the longer you're here, like you didn't really have friends here because they all speak English. (laughs) And then being in the suburbs, like, so if you didn't know them, how do you like go, like, how do I see them? You know, everybody's in their houses or I'm sure they already know each other, of course, from school. But since I'm just coming in new, I didn't know anyone. And it seems like nobody's outside. No one's playing outside. Like everybody's just kind of inside.
0: Amy didn't understand the quietness that she observed in the neighboring homes in her Midwestern suburb. So she clung tightly to her family. Keeping close relationships with family is a core value that Amy holds on to even now, viewing these as a large part of the success that comes from the American dream. As her family, that was once separated in the Philippines, was able to be together in the United States... Her high regard for family ties is likely derived from her Filipino roots and her adopted Midwestern culture, as these tend to overlap in the importance they place on family.
1: So so I think if my father can get us together, he wanted that because in the Philippines, it was more of a necessity that we can't be all together. But when he finally got us together here, I think he really just wanted us to be together. And I I felt that because we weren't together, that we all want to be together.
0: Another convergence between Midwestern and Filipino values occurs in the area of work ethic. In the 1970s through the 1990s, Thomas worked as a mechanic for the railroads to establish a life in America with his family. We asked Amy what she remembers about her father's work, and she told us. He he liked
1: his work. He would talk about his co-workers. Um, So I feel that You know, he was contributing to the railroad. Um, It's a big part of the Midwest moving, you know, freight trains and moving, you know, he inspects them and makes sure that, you know, they're running. So I would say his job is pretty important, you know, he was able to contribute to that.
0: Thomas worked hard at contributing to the success of the Midwest so that he could pave a successful path for his children as they grew up in the United States. He followed the American dream with his children in tow. Amy also fondly remembers that her father would often take her family on camping trips together once everyone was settled in America.
1: But he preferred to take us to, like, you know, like, on camping. He's kind of funny. He'll pretend, like, we're going to Hawaii and we'll go to Indiana (laughs) Jones. Wow, this is Hawaii, pa. <laughs> an hour away. <laughs> so there's eight children in him. And we go packed up in the van and we'll to be traveling somewhere. <laughs> and he'll make up things. It's so funny. <laughs> it was fun, you know, because there was more children that, you know, that many kids, going to the beach it's a party already in its own like so yeah you know on our weekend our sunday dinner we the other kids would be there too so yeah it's like a party every sunday (laughs) in our house you know (laughs) we all cook we did all of that together so
0: even though her family was reunited and often had a lot of fun together it was difficult for amy to completely settle in her new home as she began to feel isolated from the filipino community that she was so used to when asked about her first experiences and impressions of the Chicago suburbs, Amy explained her conflicted emotions about being an immigrant in the 1970s Midwestern America, from her romanticization of American life to her homesickness.
1: Oh, you know, this house is beautiful. You know, it's a normal house, but to me it was, it was nice and, and brand new, and we came in in June. I remember it was like early June, or yeah, here we like early in June, and the grass was just cut. And it just, I'm like, wow, America smells so nice. It's like so fresh. <laughs> because like I compared it, I think, to Manila, which is like like all, all congested and dirty. And then I come here. It was also a suburb. Glendale Heights is a suburb. But, it, but there's plenty of people, plenty of people, plenty of cars, plenty of houses. So to me, that was like, it's, it's still a city, but yet so clean, very new, very yeah. It was a good experience. You know, I missed the Philippines. I missed my friends. I wanted to go home. I don't know why. You know why I would wanna be here for those that reason.
0: Along with dealing with this inner clash of sentiment about her immigration to the United States, Amy also had to deal with how Chicago and Midwesterners felt about her immigration to America. White Midwesterners often expressed negative opinions of immigrants, leading her and her family members to feel the need to assimilate themselves into American culture, yet another infringement on their romanticized idea of the American dream. In order to ease the transition to America, Amy's father had banned Tagalog, the language most commonly spoken in the Philippines in the house, and instead forced the practice of English, which he thought would help his children succeed in their new environment.
1: So when we got here, um my father would make sure that we don't speak tagalog in the house we we were to watch sesame street because when we got here the school in the philippines starts in june but here school ended in june so we came in the summer of the year so he wanted us to be acclimated be used to english speaking by the time september came around
0: The english language was something that amy and her family used to assimilate themselves into american culture to seem less like the outsiders they sometimes felt like they were as immigrants from the philippines this assimilation and erasure of the culture such as filipino language were parts of immigrant life that weren't relayed back to the philippines when relatives would report their success to the united states and their american dream coming true although amy and her family often practice english to fit in better Amy still felt displaced in the Midwest when Amy attended American school for the first time she realized that her education was more advanced than that of her classmates because the subjects taught in the Philippines were taught a year earlier than in the United States because of this although Amy was shy and conscious of her lack of fluency in English she began to feel more confident in her educational abilities she recalls a story about a day in her math class
1: so I was doing my work and you know and then, and then they, the teacher would realize that I know the, the work and she, he would call on me all the time. So I always had, was kind of good because then I was able to speak up and, and explain how, how I got to my answer, you know. But I, I still hear like snickering because I think some of them didn't understand me because I didn't speak either loud enough or with my heavy accent.
0: Even though Amy felt confident in her school skills, her heavy Filipino accent and poor English skills led her Midwestern classmates to make fun of her, reinforcing the harsh reality of surviving the American dream as an immigrant. In response to the taunting that Amy and her siblings endured at school, Amy's father taught them to ignore the insults that they received because of their immigrant status, brown skin, and heavy accents. Amy remembers.
1: I become numb to it and just ignored it. Like, if if they were, like, taunting me, yeah, I, it's been taunt, I've been taunted, and I just kind of just ignore it. You just go, don't respond to it, then just walk away from that kind of thing.
0: Amy's father, Thomas, was a middle-aged war veteran who had lived most of his life in the Philippines, then moved to the United States to provide his children with greater opportunities. As an older immigrant, he was toughened against the teasing comments about his ethnicity and his appearance, and found that the best solution was to ignore it and continue to try to fit in rather than draw more attention to himself. A solution he passed down to Amy and her siblings as necessary to achieve the American dream, success at the cost of emotional health. Facing social isolation and the verbal abuse of peers, Amy and her family members felt displaced as Filipino immigrants in the Midwest. This displacement was eased, however, through Amy finding a Filipino community in a Chicagoland suburb. One way she was able to forge relationships with Filipinos was through religion. Catholicism is the most predominant religion in the Philippines. Amy and her family were not exempt from this religious faith. While Amy and her siblings didn't attend Catholic schools in the Philippines, as many of her friends and neighbors did, the Escalantes still carried the religion with them to America.
1: We were raised Catholics, so then we didn't question it. We just continued it. We still went to church, and, and then there you meet other Filipinos there. You know, and yes, I think many... So I feel that the religion part is that if you go, because you've just been going, like, you know, you go as a, it was just a belief that you, you were raised, so you just go ahead and continue
0: that. Filipinos' attendance at the Catholic Church in the Chicagoan suburb made the church a place of connection between Amy's family and other Filipinos who were experiencing the same sense of displacement as people of color in predominantly white neighborhoods. Amy's new suburb in Glendale Heights, Illinois, was foreign to her in many ways, but Amy found solace in the abundance of her Filipino neighbors and classmates. Amy gravitated towards the Filipinos in both her neighborhood and school, seeking comfort and familiarity with her own people.
1: So, so there was like, like almost every Black had like a Filipino family. But yeah, it was hard, it was very hard to make friends with, you know, with, with, um, with the other kids yeah because they also like you know they make fun of you yeah I I sticked with Filipinos even in middle school and then and then high school the Filipinos pretty much stayed together I think because we all have the same common thing we ate the same kind of food our parents are the same and they hang out together and I think it's because you know they, they all of them came from the Philippines like pretty much First generations that came in, in the suburbs, you know, so they kind of compare or just more comfortable with each other that way.
0: Amy stuck with the Filipinos in her area and at her school, bonding with them over the commonalities in their culture and beginning to feel more at home as an immigrant in America. Being a Filipina immigrant in the Midwest isn't the only thing that defined Amy's experience in America. While following her father's footsteps in the journey of the American dream, Amy was in many ways a normal teenager who liked to hang out at the mall, a staple of American teenage life in the 1980s with her friends.
1: I think like our mall was built like in 80, I was in high school, so like 83 that mall was built and that was a big deal, like everybody was like, yay, AWS, we're having a mall. (laughs) all the stars,
0: we all hang out there. Amy's experience as an immigrant in the Midwest in the 1970s and 80s was a whirlwind. A mix of chasing the American dream and fighting the battles that came with the immigrant life, as she and her family experienced both extremes. Amy watched her father succeed in his job with the railroad and provide for her and her family, leading to the fulfillment of the American dream for their family in many ways. She experienced a sense of home within her community and togetherness in her family, and she grew up to have a prosperous career and family with a husband and two daughters in college but at the same time Amy experienced racial discrimination the snickering of her classmates the feeling of displacement as an immigrant in the midwest and the need to assimilate into american culture by speaking english and ignoring the discrimination she faced in order to achieve the american dream that she was taught to seek despite these challenges looking back amy decided that she is glad that her father moved her to america from the philippines
1: but well, we all felt that living here and going to school here was so much more opportunity for us. I still feel that way. Um, you know, I still feel that there's so much more opportunity here. You can advance here. You can, you, if you work hard, you can, you can get all of that dreams, that the American house, that the car and the vacation. You know, I feel like it's still
0: here. Amy watched her immigrant Filipino father live the American dream, and she followed in his footsteps. But she does not forget the hardships that accompanied this long, harrowing journey. Amy recognizes both the opportunities and difficulties that she experienced through living in the Midwest as an immigrant from the Philippines. And because of this, she represents a perspective on the Midwestern past that might be less widely recognized than that of many white Midwesterners who have lived in the region for many generations. The American dream of the Midwestern past is often idealized and romanticized, but Amy's story illustrates the struggle that immigrants such as herself were forced to face in order to achieve success in the heartland. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stories from the Heartland, written and performed by Ball State students of the Midwestern Stories Project and produced by the university's digital core. Special thanks to Indiana Humanities, the Ball State Provost Office, and our community partner, Trista, for supporting this project.